Happy Tuesday, everyone. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. And as always, I'd like to start off the show with an update on upcoming events in downtown. Uh, It is getting to be uh, springtime pretty soon, and that's when things really ramp up. The weather turns nice, except for today. Uh, Still a little chilly for my taste, but the last few days were amazing. I hope we can go back to weather like that. Uh, But we do have our first Friday event coming up this Friday on February 2nd, and our theme for February is Mardi Gras. And we have a lot of fun things happening with the Mardi Gras theme. Uh, We have activities in Munn Park. We'll have a live Zydeco band called Porch Dogs. So they'll be playing uh, New Orleans-style Zydeco music. Uh, Also in the park, you can get some... Tasty Craft Cocktails made by Lugo's Craft Cocktails and Distillery. Uh, We have King Cakes by The Slice for sale. We have Cotton Candy. Uh, We'll have a selfie station. So if you don't come dressed up, you can just um, stand at our selfie station and take some photos. Uh, Other free activities that we have, we'll have face painting, balloon sculpting, a a roaming juggler, and and dressed as a clown. Um, I know crowns can be creepy, but just you'll deal with it. He's a, he's a juggling clown. That makes it all the better. And, of course, uh, we'll have also Pelican Snowballs, real authentic New Orleans snowballs. And I say this every year when I plug the Mardi Gras uh, event that snow cones are not snowballs. They are not authentic. They, if you've had a snow cone, this is not a snow cone. This is a snowball. It's different type, different consistency of ice, way better and it's an authentic, I've tested it out. Pelicans is the real deal. So Pelican Snowballs, I think those folks are actually from Louisiana, if not New Orleans. So um, they know how to make a good snowball. And then the sort of the highlight of the evening is the bead throwing off of the balcony above Harry's, which is a company called Diversified Retirement Partners. Each year uh, they have a party uh, for their investors and they... Uh, come out at 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. and throw beads and trinkets down to uh, down to the little people down below. And uh, that would be us. We get beads and doubloons and trinkets and fun things like that. So it's kind of a our way of having a mock uh, float. Can't really have a parade down the center of First Friday. We did that the first couple of years. And it was challenging to sort of divide uh, divide the the crowd and and let us through. And now we're just way too busy. There's too many people. I think we've doubled the attendance of First Friday since we started doing uh, that type of activity. So just too many people to to have a parade. But if you have any ideas about how we can reincorporate the parade into our Mardi Gras First Friday, uh, give me a shout out. And then on February 10th, which is next this next Saturday, is our Valentine Night Market. Last year, the Valentine Night Market was canceled due to threatening weather, and we sort of made it up by having a spring night market in March. But I think we're full steam ahead on the Valentine Night Market February 10th, which is Saturday from nine, uh, 5 to 9 p.m. in the streets of downtown. We'll have about 130-plus vendors uh, where you can do some shopping, have some great food, uh, have some adult beverages and walk around. There'll be live music throughout the event and some roaming Valentine characters for some selfies. So it'll be a fun event to come uh, with girlfriends, your date. Uh, your family. It's fun for all. All right. So those are my event recaps that are coming up. And now it's on to the regular scheduled program where my guests today are Chris Cleghorn and Ryan Neal. Uh, Welcome, fellas. Hey. 
Hello. So these guys are two uh, entrepreneurs uh, who are opening a brand new restaurant that we're very excited about in downtown Lakeland called, I'll just let you guys tell it. Ryan, what is this called? Hakucho. Okay. And then Chris, tell us what, what, it, what it is. It is a Japanese-inspired pub uh, modeled on Japanese izakayas, which are um, basically pubs with food. Kind of Japanese uh, small plates, think Spanish tapas, but uh, Japanese food. Interesting. All right. So you guys are, um, you know, relatively young. I'm looking at you. No one can mm. see you, but here you are. <laughs> I know that you're around the age of my daughter because you guys were friends, Ryan. You and my daughter were friends in uh, middle school and early high school. And mm. and so um, you are. you guys are currently owner and investor in Sabu at the joinery. Yes. So tell us about that restaurant and and how, what sort of got you inspired to open a restaurant. And is that what you've always wanted to do? Because I don't remember that being a dream of yours when you were in my living room at 12 years old. <laughs> um, you know, I think for me, I've always loved to cook, mm -hmm. you know, and I joke around that I would like sneak into the kitchen and like add spices to my mom's <laughs> cooking and stuff like that. But um you know, for me, it was definitely something that I wanted to do. I think I wanted to go to culinary school after high school. Mm -hmm. That was kind of the main thing that I ended up uh, – I didn't end up doing that. Uh, I actually ended up going to like a ministry school mm -hmm. for a few years. Um, actually, while I was there, I I did actually work in a kitchen. They had kind of a catering mm -hmm. kitchen that I would work in. I actually learned a lot. In high school, I worked at Gosh. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think for me – it just became kind of a passion of mine. You know, I loved Japanese culture and, you know, I got, I'm a huge anime nerd and fan <laughs> of that. And, <clears throat> you know, honestly, just seeing ramen mm -hmm. in animes like Naruto, like really inspired me to seek it out. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't something that was common at the time. There's only really one like true ramen shop mm -hmm. anywhere near us in Orlando, a place called Sapporo Ramen that was really good. It's no longer open, but... You know, there wasn't anything available, so it kind of became a just personal project and hobby of mine to make the noodles at home, to mm -hmm. make broths. And, um, you know, when I, you know, I worked at Black & Brew, um, just kind of working in ministry, and that was kind of my side job. And it kind of ultimately became something I recognized that I really loved, mm. and I wanted to, you know, work in a kitchen, and, and it kind of became something that I aspired to, to open a restaurant. And it was already something that I was passionate about and something that I was doing that wasn't really available mm -hmm. near us. So it kind of just fit. Um, and I spent a lot of time, energy, you know, researching, um, you know, working at different restaurants to develop my culinary skills at large. Uh, I worked at a ramen shop, Ichikoro, which is now no longer open, mm. uh, which is very sad. But, you know, it just kind of became something that um, I loved and a passion of mine. And I kind of felt like I, I wanted to fill that gap here in Lakeland. And that was kind of, you know, the mark that I wanted to leave, mm -hmm. you know, here. And, you know, um, yeah, so it just kind of ended up working out like that. Ryan, Ryan's also not giving me enough credit here. <laughs> uh, he told me last week, I didn't actually know the story, that I am the one who introduced you to Japanese food on accident. In high school. Well, not, well, sushi. Sushi. <laughs> sushi, yeah. Sushi I brought in particular. sushi from Gosh one day, yeah. and he hadn't had it before. I think we were like 16. Yeah, no, I was, 16. Okay. Yeah, I was in the mind Chris of... Chris gets all the credit. Thank you, From thank now you. and the yep. whole rest of the show, all credit goes to Chris. <laughs> yep, there you go. No, it, yeah. 
It's just had, a joke. It was the first time I had sushi and enjoyed it when I yes. had it from Chris. So I, I <laughs> it was for, it was the volcano it. roll from Gosh. Just so we're, we're yes. clear. Did yes. you work there, Chris, or you just were a fan? I had only ever had one sushi roll at that point, which mm. was the volcano roll, because that's what my mom got. So mm. yeah. So you, what is your role with Sabu? Um, I didn't really have an official role at Sabu. It just kind of evolved into Ryan and I were looking for new locations for a second Sabu, and it just kept consuming more and more of both of our time. And um, that's more or less my, my role is to find new places and um, try to help develop a new concept for what that geographic location, what we think might work for that specific spot. Gotcha. Um, so so the new t- tell us where the new location in downtown will be. It's going to be next to Black and Brew, in between Black and Brew and Linkster's. It's um, 207 East Main Street. It's been empty for 20 years. I think someone yes. told me... It used to be a like a, a Mexican restaurant mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. Doña Maria's. Okay, I wish I wish I knew about it. I never. <laughs> yes. I want to see some pictures. Big of Big shoes to fill. Let me tell you. Is it? <laughs> it was delicious. I was so I sad when they that. closed. So, but yeah. that is uh that is another story for another day. We'll save that for another time. Um, but yeah, so we're super excited that you guys are coming downtown. Uh, we want to know more about sort of this concept and what kind of offerings you'll have and how it differs from Sabu. So um, everyone stick with us. We're going to continue our conversation with Ryan and Chris when we return. We're back. You're listening to Downtown Dish. My guests today are Chris Clayhorn and Ryan Neal, and they are the owners of Hakucho. Is that right? Hakucho. Hakucho. Sorry, I need to put the long O. <laughs> Hakucho. You know why I said that? Because you said you were a fan of anime, which made me think of Pikachu, and now oh, I can okay. never not say that in my head. So it's all yeah. your fault, Ryan. Okay, so Hakucho <laughs> is going to be the Japanese-inspired uh, restaurant in downtown Lakeland that's opening up on Main Street between Black and Brew and Linkster's. And uh, you guys are currently um, owners, operator, operators, investors, if you will, of um, Sabu Ramen in the joinery. So tell us uh, Ryan, you kind of told us about your culinary history and how it kind of was always part of you. And, and but what, why, you, you kind of touched on why ramen, but is it, you, you, why that particular type, other than the fact that it really wasn't something that you could find in Lakeland, is there something that really that you just love about it? I think it just, it just kind of, it was the thing that I spent my energy and passion into, you know, so... You know, growing up in a house that wasn't like, you know, there wasn't a caveat that like my family, right. like I derived like my culinary right. like, learning from necessarily. So it's, it just filled that gap for me, mm-hmm. you know, and I worked at Black and Brew and it's like, you know, I'm not going to just, you know, Do it wasn't like I want to open a shop, open right. a, uh, you know, a sandwich shop or something. Right. It was just, you know, that was kind of my hobby, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it was kind of like my career and also my hobby at the same time. And, you know, for me, I think opening Sabu was, like, I wanted to give people in Lakeland something, an experience, you mm-hmm. know, something that was, like, derivative of me and my passions. Uh, and I didn't really know any other thing that would make sense in that context. So, you know, it just kind of, for me, it just really fit, you mm-hmm. know. And, and I had a lot of support from friends and family that, you know, felt like that was, you know, a really good choice and something that would be really cool. Um, and, you know, I had, ultimately, I ended up, 
going to the joinery um, because Chris MacArthur, you know, obviously Chris and another friend, Brian of mine, they kind of like helped push me, yes. you know, other people, even like Jen Smur kind yeah. of like encouraged me and different, a lot of different people, my family and my wife, Jenna, you know, um, but, you know, I, I kind of initially got connected to the joinery through Chris MacArthur, um, who kind of gave him a lead that mm-hmm. I was wanting to open a ramen shop. And honestly, yeah. John took a pretty big risk on mm. me being someone that hasn't ever operated a oh, restaurant before. Yeah. John Bucklew, um, the owner of the joinery. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm very appreciative of him and just the opportunity and, you know, obviously Chris, like, giving me that chance and these other, you know, my mom is one of the investors, mm-hmm. you know. So it's a very much like a family and friend kind of thing that yeah. happened. So, yeah, I mean – I don't really know outside of that. It's just that's kind of what made me tick, yeah. you know, and that's kind well, of where I was. Well, it was a I great landed. choice. I mean, obviously you're you're passionate about that, but but it's also a really good choice cuz you as you said in in the opening segment, we don't really have that here. I mean, mm. it's it's something that, you know, anybody can do you know, you can open up another burger shop or another pizza place or whatever, um and you can still excel and do well in those things and and stomp out the competition, but it's it, it's 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 a it's a saturated market, if you will. So you mm-hmm. really have to do really, really well to stomp out the competition. Yeah. Um, and ramen, I mean, I, I, I think it's one of those things where, like, a lot of us are like, what's, you know. Yeah, my, that, my like, parents uh, were like, what is that, the stuff you buy at yeah, the, the like convenience store? It's like a dollar twenty-five, <laughs> yeah. and you yeah. just throw it in. The, but yeah. it's not that. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. gourmet. I mean, it's really, really good. So you, were te- you, you went into the joinery, and – then immediately COVID hit, mm-hmm. and yeah. and you were able to survive that. So, Chris, you want to kind of tell us how that experience was? I mean, Ryan would know more about this particular thing because he was there. I was yeah. sheltering at home. <laughs> um, but I do know that when we opened, like, we, it, we opened and then COVID hit, and it was so quick that we didn't even have a, a phone right. to yeah. take orders. Right. Oh, gosh. We, we were just, a, you know, yeah. let's it get was, it down in immediate. person. Yeah, it, it was, was almost like, you caused COVID. No. I, I remember thinking to myself, well, it was a good try. Yeah. Like, you know. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah. so you got to just freak out as, you know, an investor, but from, from afar in the comfort of your own home. Yeah, and so Ryan like, oh, yeah. is like, you know, trying to make noodles and sell them. And yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So what was what was the um, I mean what was the what was the hardest part about that I mean in terms of was it was it the fact that people didn't know that you existed yet or what was so what was what was difficult with COVID it was you know like we had to obviously completely change how we were presenting our you know ordering systems yeah you know, we got a phone you know we got connected to different like online ordering things. Um, to kind of help have some revenue. I think I think the tricky part with that was, you know, we had obviously the PPP, PPP loans right. that we were able to access. And it kind of became this strange thing of just, you know, I, I think some restaurants did the thing where they kind of laid a bunch of people off, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of help save. Um, I really wanted to provide jobs still for the mm-hmm. people that were there. So it honestly was just, you know, we were just trying to, survive and exist and me also try and give you know you know give an opportunity for people to make a wage still yeah um and you know luckily obviously with the ppp loans that was you know much easier for us to do that uh and it was you know it was like we would have 10 people come in a day you know it was it was just Mm -hmm. dead in there because they didn't i think they're they weren't allowing seats so any orders were online orders people only coming in picking them up and then you know as we slowly opened 
you know, then we had to add on the complexity of the whole mask thing, you know, people not wanting to wear masks mm-hmm. or being annoyed at us for, for wearing them or like, you know, <laughs> right. giving us a hard time for just following the rules. Right. You know? So I, I think just it was just it was definitely an odd time to navigate mm-hmm. as like a newer business. And it felt like it was just kind of like a weird void of time. Yeah. That, well, and we went through. And yeah. I think not laying off the employees, even though we weren't like consciously, oh, this is a culture builder or a morale right. builder. I think that was the, you know, we didn't skip a beat once sales started picking back up. And once people were back in restaurants, we had a, a staff that trusted us. To right. An and knew, knew yeah. the product, knew the system. Right. So, yeah. no new, new And training. it's not an easy thing. Ryan's being modest. It's not an easy thing to pull off that complex of a, of a food product in 400 square feet. Yeah. And, and be able to do it. Quickly and at volume. Yeah. Um, it's not flipping burgers. Correct. You know? yeah. There's like a bunch more prep. I don't know. I don't know it, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you eat it. I eat it. Yeah. And you oh, enjoy okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely complexity with ramen, you know. Um, you know, obviously I get the question, like, why ramen? Right. You know, I'm a white dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, I think for me, it's like, well, that's that's what I'm passionate about, you know. And so I think there was a lot of scrutiny mm-hmm. in that way. And it's could like, you, it's okay. Could you do it? Like, it is what it is, you know. They're like, this guy ate a lot of ramen in college, and now he thinks <laughs> he, he can it. sell that to us <laughs> yeah. at a higher price point. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, for me, it's just something I was passionate about. So, But I do think there was, you know, a challenge that I had to overcome was the high level of scrutiny, you know. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I wanted to do as much as possible from scratch. Yeah. You know, and literally the only things that we don't make from scratch on our menu are the buns and the noodles. Mm-hmm. And... Again, you know, 400 square feet of space, yeah. like you need a a machine that is like five by five that makes noodles. Right. And that take, you know, I just don't have space for that. Right. So I think we had a lot of like, well, why don't you guys make your own noodles, you know, but. <laughs> and you're like, and you just kind of gesture to the, to the, to the space behind you. <laughs> Th- this is why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the other thing too, is that in, in Japan, like most ramen shops don't make their own noodles. Right. They have factories that make right. them. Right. They have different things. And they're fresh noodles, and that's what we use. We use right. fresh noodles. Of course. But they come from a company that makes them, and mm-hmm. they specialize in that. We use Sun Noodle to start, and then when COVID happened, actually, well, actually, that was very difficult. Everyone was constantly running out of supply. Oh, that, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So everyone is bringing down their pars because they're worried right. about supply and demand. So the type of noodles that we used were not available mm. after a few months. So oh. we ran through all of them. And then the That's type of problematic. noodles. Yeah. yeah so and <laughs> there's some soup and meat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so the type of noodles that we use are really derivative of experiences I had in Tokyo. Mm. And I think people wanted people just are fairly uneducated about like how ramen is is in Japan and mm-hmm. they're kind of used to the Americanized ramen. Right. So kind of dealing with those expectations and and people not really understanding how it really works right. um, is is always fun. Yeah, you, know, but, you got to educate people um, about that whole process, so that's good. Yeah. Well, um, when we come back, we're going to talk about the new place because I want to know, you know, why you chose that location. It couldn't have been the only place that you looked at, I'm sure, yeah. as much as I would like to think that, you know, you were like, we're only going downtown. No other place is acceptable. But I'm sure there was a process. So we'll talk about that when we return. So stick with us. We're talking to Chris and Ryan.
Thanks for sticking with us. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. In the studio today is Chris Cleghorn and Ryan Neal. Uh, they are owners, investors, operators, janitors, uh, all <laughs> <laughs> all of those things for uh, the current restaurant, Sabu Ramen, in the joinery. But also they are opening up a brand new Japanese-inspired restaurant, Hakucho. Mm-hmm. I said it right this time, uh, <laughs> on Main Street. And you may have seen the buzz about it on Facebook, and there's been uh, some chatter on um, Lakeland Now and in the Ledger and on LAL Today. So the word is getting out. Uh, when do you guys expect this place to be open? Well, we start paying rent June 1st. Oh, okay. So well, then you better get on it. Exactly. Because, uh, <laughs> so June 1st. <laughs> you, got, you got some build-out to do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Let, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that, <laughs> how, how we can expedite some of that stuff going on. So this was not your uh, only location that you looked no. at. And so, Chris, you had said uh, during the break uh, – that you've been looking for a couple of years, but this is on the heels of just, you know, you're, you're what, five years in to Three Sabu? Years? Three, four years in, not yeah, even five years. Ja- yeah, four January. Four so January. two years in, which was basically just coming out of COVID, you're already like, let's open another restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah. are you crazy? What's going on? Well, from, I, I got into this with Ryan. I convinced him to let me be an investor because mm-hmm. my, my uncle owns a bunch of fast food, Hungry Howie's yes, locations. Yes, the Cleghorn name is well known. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, and um, <laughs> you you had to beg him to take your money. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a lot of people who wanted to be involved, and I was like, so I, I I helped him, you know, scout new locations for Hungry Howie's, and it kind of started to train my my brain around, you know, what types of concepts work where and why. Right. Okay. And also how long it takes. Mm-hmm. And I was telling the, the, everybody in the group, I was like, guys, it could take us years before we find it. The earlier we start now, we need right. to use this positive momentum we're getting from from Sabu and try to leverage that to, you know, if if bit like our, uh, building owners, if they look at a restaurant and they see our profit and loss, mm-hmm. and they're like, wow, you're doing well. You know, they're more likely to take a chance on us since we're not a chain. Right. Um, and the restaurant business is hard, as yes. you, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. I mean, you know, all the amount of time that you have for prep and you're paying people to do that and you're not bringing in any money. Mm-hmm. I mean, your peak yeah. times are lunch and dinner and there's a lot of downtime and a lot of prep and there's a lot of waste. Uh, you know, so the margins are thin. And so, you know, bless you for going into to that <laughs> business because it is many, many, many fail, obviously. Yeah. And uh, but you've you've hit a chord with the with the community with with Sabu, and I think you're gonna you're gonna be great at this as well. But what um, what made you ultimately decide on the location in downtown? And you can, I mean, don't be you. You don't have to try to spare my feelings. You can say it's because I run downtown and um, you wanted to be a part of that. I mean, <laughs> well, that if that's first, the truth, so, yeah, that was good. Okay. Be, yeah. okay. Um, well, we didn't know that it was the space was really available. Oh, the short answer. Okay. Um, we, you know, originally we were looking at Orlando because we didn't want to cannibalize our market here in Lakeland. Sure. So there was a development called O Town West, which is on I four. You on your when you're on your way to Disney, you'll see it. It's mm-hmm. just like a whole bunch of massive hotels and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, we didn't end up getting that spot. They went with a Mattress One, so we got <laughs> Mattress One was chosen over our concept. Okay, and so that was kind of our first like, okay, wow, this is going to be a lot harder than we thought it's going <laughs> to be. Yeah, absolutely. And so we there was a couple of we. We really like this new development in downtown Winter Haven called Bowen Yards, and mm-hmm. we were working with 610, um, and we were going to open up a, a large full concept, full service concept there, 
Um, there's a, a long story behind it that I won't get into, but we ended up not going there. And kind of at the mm. same time, because Ryan and I both have ADHD and we tend to take <laughs> on way more than we should, we were trying to do a kind of a miniature food hall, think like the joinery, but two or three concepts. Mm-hmm. And we were going to go into this building next to Mr. Fish by the public library. And we were really, really passionate about it. We had uh, brought in multiple other team members. We had, uh, uh, you know, all the interior design concepts fleshed out. And, um, you know, we ran into a wall. Not It wasn't the city's fault, but... This was kind of our, um, us being amateurs at this point, we didn't really check, you know, what are the parking minimums? Right. And we learned later on, once we were pretty deep into the process, that that building sits just outside of the the downtown Mm -hmm. zoning, I don't know, whatever you would classify that as. So we we couldn't get the amount of parking we would need to pull off the business concept in that space. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's ultimately kind of, you know, that ended, we were kind of like, okay, well, what do we do? We've spent years, you know, so many different tries, so many different signed leases that didn't end up working out. And um, luckily, our real estate agent, Corey Peckoff, told us about a contest that they were having for that space. Right. And so we, we entered the concept or the contest and they picked us. Awesome. And, you know, that's a premier spot in, yeah. in Lakeland. Like, yeah. We didn't even know it was available. I think some guy, Jeff Holden, zoned it forever. So. I didn't yes, think. Sorry, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say his name, but yeah. It's fine. I'm sure he doesn't listen to the show, but any, <laughs> I don't even care. Okay. He, he and I are, are cross with each other. Okay. Um, so we yes, feel very lucky. That, we feel very lucky. Like We feel like yeah. we, were, we were prepared and we were showing people that, hey, we are passionate about this. We have this concept fleshed out, and I think that may be why they picked us. Yeah. yeah. Well, we wanted a restaurant in that location for a long, long time. As we pointed out earlier in the show, that space has been vacant for 20 years. Yeah. That space mm-hmm. has no business being vacant for 20 years. Yes. That That is that people think that that's some sort of reflection of downtown when it's not. It's the reflection of the individual property owner. Right, right, right. And yeah. so it changed hands a couple of years back. And uh, so the the new owners were able to um, have some some work done to kind of get it ready for a new tenant downstairs, a new tenant upstairs. So we're thrilled that we're going to have you guys in that space because with the expansion of Main Street that we did to take over the parking spaces and expand the sidewalk for additional seating, that whole entire block just begs mm. for restaurants yeah. to to take over that space and, and overlook Munn Park, which is probably one of the best views, you know, ground level views in downtown. So we're super excited that you're going in there. So for someone who uh, I have an unsophisticated palate, um, I'm kind of a meat and potatoes kind of gal. Nothing wrong with that. Not a sushi eater <laughs> by any mm-hmm. means. Um, but what, and you said it's going to be kind of small plate. So give us some ideas of menu things that we're going to, menu items that we might expect. And I won't hold you to it. I won't take notes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, th- I think it's a pretty broad category. Mm-hmm. You know, it is small plates. You know, I think a lot of Izakai's, they focus on, you know, fresh type things, you know, not, not super extravagant, you know, applications, you know, we're not doing sushi, Mm -hmm. you know, we might do some raw fish, but, um, you know, a lot of it's going to be, um, yakitori is a big thing and izakaya is, so that's kind of like, tell them um, what that is. It's a skewers, kind of chicken skewers and things Ah, cooked over. Yeah, like chi- yeah, okay. a lot of now different you're, things. Now you're speaking my language. Yeah. Some meat. There'll be some steak yeah. skewers, okay. chicken <laughs> yeah. skewers. Okay. Think like um, like a box that has a bunch of charcoal in it, 
and you're placing the skewers, kind of laying it mm. on top of the, the charcoal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there'll be some vegetables too, right? Yeah, yeah vegetables and things cooked over the charcoal. Um, I think we want to do. We're probably gonna have some noodle dishes, maybe like a ramen option or two, mm-hmm. like something that's a little bit more um, involved than like what we might do at Sabu. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're gonna have, and we're trying to focus on small plates and not do. It's not like an entree thing, right? Because really, in Izakaya, the the focus is the drinks mm. and the community. Okay, um, it's a place where you come and you commune with. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that you're with, and that's kind of the focus. So you're, it's a slower pace, obviously, than you know the the pace that you'll get at the joinery where Sabu is. It's it's you're you're not ordering at the counter. It's a sit down, yeah, um, it's service, full service type of restaurant. Yeah, it's kind of like you know you're not you're not you're not going to get someone be like, okay, what appetizers do you want? What entree do you right, want? Right, right. It's very much you know you order what you want when right. you want it. It's very cat. It's very flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and that's kind of. I think for our purposes, we want to kind of fade away in the background mm-hmm. and just kind of create an environment that people can really just enjoy their time with each other. Um, a lot, of, a lot of the plates are meant to be shared. It's, yeah. meant, it's yeah, yeah. meant to be like a communal, yeah. communal experience. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like karage is a big thing. That's like fried chicken, different like fried items. You know, doing some different like uh, shareable noodle dishes that can be like sautéed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a very like creative. Um, and it's it's a very wide category of things because mm-hmm. it's you know different izakayas have completely different items on their menu right. depending on like what they specialize in. Right. So so you we, have a deep a deep bench to work with in terms of food yeah. items over the course of it. You could change quarterly if you wanted to, and that's and the hope. Yeah. Pretty pretty fluid. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to come back and finish our conversation with Chris Cleghorn and Ryan Neal. So stick with us. Thanks for sticking with us. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. And in the studio today, Chris Cleghorn, Ryan Neal. Uh, they are the inspiration and owners, operators behind Hakucho, the in, it's a, which is a inspired a restaurant in downtown coming on Main Street. And it's inspired by Japanese izakayas. Is that, did I say that right, Julie? Yes. All right. Perfect. And um, so we were talking before the break about the type of uh, cuisine and food items that you know we can expect to see there, and it's really just more of a small plates kind of place. Which, uh, again, we don't have a lot of that in Lakeland, so it's not only the food that's kind of differentiating you from the usual suspects out there, but also kind of the um, the the feel of mm-hmm. and the pace. Um, I mean, everybody can take as long as they want at any restaurant, I guess, but mm-hmm. but you almost encourage that rather than say, hey, here's your check. Yeah. No get pressure, <laughs> but uh, yeah, get out. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's it's meant to be very much commun- like communal yeah. you know, and like spending time with the people that you're with and uh, just getting to enjoy some really interesting things that you might have never had before. Yeah. Because um, this is, you know, I think people, we've already had some comments on posts like another Asian place, you know, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a little like, okay. Um, but it's, it's not like any other menu in mm-hmm. Lakeland, you know, and the things that we're going to have are, if they're similar to something, it's, it's a, it's not caveated in and it's going to be mm-hmm. fresh. You know, it's yeah. not, we're not ordering from our purveyors bags of fried chicken, right. or like pre batter tempura shrimp, you right. know, which most places tend to use. It's, it's very fresh and we're trying to like source from local purveyors. We're trying to find ways to source from local farms mm-hmm. and different things like that. Um, and so, you know, 
it's it's something different. Yeah, it's not something like we have here yet. Yeah. So you'll have you have once this opens, uh, you'll have these two concepts. Um, and, you know, obviously you're going to be focused on that and, and, and heads down and making sure that this is successful. But is it your intention to kind of continue? Do you want additional locations for both of these concepts or are you going to do a third, which is a completely different concept in the same genre? What do you think? We'll see how we feel. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, you know, if Hakucho does does amazing, then uh, I think that at least for myself, I would be open to um opening a second one in a local city close by, maybe mm-hmm. not too far. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Sabu. Um, but yeah, let's just see if we can pull Hakujo off first. That's, <laughs> that's kind of, my dad would yeah. kill me if I'm like, yeah, we're going to open up you know, <laughs> yeah. 10 more. I mean, for me personally, I don't like driving in general. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Me too. I don't yeah. like traveling. I want to be, I'm a homebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, I love that these are going to be so close to each other and they're going to have synergy with each other. And so... You know, I think the I think that's kind of been for me. Like I've been trying to figure out what I want to do. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it seems like a natural fit. You know, if you have a successful business, yeah. try and open more of them. But I I haven't really been sure that that's what I personally wanted to do. I think it's mm-hmm. I, you know I don't want to uh, squander an opportunity. Yeah. You know, but that's kind of how Hakucho started. Ryan and I were looking at restaurant locations, four of them in Jacksonville for a second Sabu, mm. and we were sitting in our Airbnb, and he we and him are both nerds, so we're on. Um, Japanese food YouTube and we're looking at a, a curry house and we were like man that would be so cool for us to open up a curry house and so then we just started talking about what would another concept that's inspired by Japanese food look like that's not a fast casual ramen spot right yeah. and that's our talks about how Kucho evolved from that while we were while we were simultaneously looking for a new Sabu location yeah, yeah. Um, so what's the decor going to be like? Have you thought about that? Oh, yeah, my God. Chris, is that yes. your area of expertise? It, it, it's, it's mine, not my expertise, but it, it's... Your area. My, yeah, it's what I had to do. <laughs> um, so it's there's going to be a lot of wood paneling. Um, <laughs> I mean, wood paneling, wood battens. Um, we try to... Do, I, I try to think a lot about the lighting of the space. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but when you go to a restaurant and you sit at a booth, 90% of restaurants in town have one big light fixture that's yes. just beating down on you at the table. Yes. So it's almost all... like it's all there to warm your food, keep your food warm while you're... <laughs> exactly. It's like yeah. a food lamp. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the lighting is kind of... Um, it's just it's off on the sides. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in places that you wouldn't expect to kind of create a, a more moody atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, we also designed it so that there's no, um, ventilation that you can be seen. So they're all kind of Mm. hidden behind these wooden beams. Um, so in some ways it kind of reminds me of a birdcage. Interesting. I know. So, yeah. Okay. So once you see it and you go, I think everyone will be kind of shocked once You'll it's built it. out. Yeah. yeah. It's really nice. The things, you know, I'm not the best at that kind of stuff. I'm, I kind of defer to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his sister's an interior designer, and, you know, we have other people that are yeah. consulting and stuff. My sister's an interior designer in Atlanta, and she, she got diagnosed with cancer halfway through this process. Oh, my. So yeah. suddenly it became like, oh, I'm the interior designer. And anytime <laughs> that she could talk to me. We communicate, but she's she's doing better now. Good. She actually yesterday for the first time we started working together again for the first time in a year. Oh, good! So good. it's yeah. awesome. So, um, in terms of you know, we talked about your outdoor space. You and I had a conversation a, a week or so ago. We definitely want you to utilize that outdoor space and have tables and chairs outside. Uh, and you talked about it sort of being about you know the the experience and the drinks. So, are these all going to be? Japanese-inspired drinks. I mean, you're going to have a, a sort of a, a menu that's specifically those types of drinks from from that, or is it just like margaritas, you know, and beer and Bud Light? 
Yeah, I mean, the drink... <laughs> well, you probably have to have that. Yeah, that'll but. be too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of the drink menu is going to be things like you would find in Izakai's in Japan. You know, obviously there's going to be some influence. Like, it's inspired, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call it fusion. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd go that far, but, um, you know, highballs are very popular in Japan. Okay. Um, tell, tell them what highballs are. Uh, it's whiskey and like yeah. soda, yeah, um, or or gin. It can be yeah. different, yeah, different, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very think, refreshing, yeah. You know, and, I, and a lot of the food is very fresh, like very unlike manipulated, and right. that's kind of a big part of it. Is you know, even with the skewers, it's like we might marinate them, but it's boom boom. You know, mm-hmm. it's we're trying to get like very simplistic flavor combinations right. and not like overloading it with sauce and things. Not a lot um, of white gravy on fried steak kind of stuff. Yeah, None of that. No. Um, served on platters <laughs> that could feed, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of the ingredients and things we're using are going to be things that you would, you know, in Japan they mm-hmm. tend to use and things like that. Um, but drink-wise, you know, a lot of sake, shochu. Um, we're going to have we got some Japanese beers. beer, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, so it is going to be a lot of things that, like, you know, you would be served in Japan. Right. But definitely there's, there's a lot of freedom there for us to be able to do things like Negronis and things that might – be more of an American or non-Japanese mm-hmm. things that we can kind of bring into the fold yeah. through maybe some Japanese techniques or ingredients. Yeah, um, And so. we're going to have things that any bar anywhere would like. I mean, even we're going to have like frosted mugs. Yeah. You know, like everyone, everyone <laughs> likes to drink a, a, a beer on a frosted mug. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah. no, I think this is great. I'm really excited uh, that you guys chose the location or the location chose you and you won the contest. At least I'm glad that you uh, applied for that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it'll I think it'll be a great addition to downtown. Kind of my whole thing about uh, downtown is um, in, in wanting to build that sort of restaurant and entertainment scene has been that for when I got here 24 years ago, it was uh, two or three restaurants, and if you didn't want to go to those two or three restaurants, you didn't come downtown. Like, right. you're either going mm-hmm. to Harry's or the Terrace or Antiquarian, which is now Bay Street Bistro in that location, um, and Palace Pizza. And I don't even think Palace was open into the evening. Mm-hmm. They may have closed early. Uh, so there was not a lot of choices. And so now it's – the when I hear people say, I'll go to, we're going to go downtown, we'll figure out where we're going to eat once we get there. That's, that's music mm-hmm. to my ears because yeah. that's what I want. I want people to know that they can choose from now that Cafe Zupina is going to come down. We're going to mm-hmm. have our Mediterranean and our Turkish back that we so long ago lost <laughs> and missed with Bosphorus leaving us. But, you know, you've got the pizzas, you've got the burgers, you've got um, uh, now the Japanese inspired and uh, with the Latin food the, uh, from, from 1961 and Harry's with uh, the New Orleans. We just have a lot of choices. And I yeah. think um, I'm just glad that you're going to be a part of that. I think you're going to be a huge success. It all sounds amazing. Um, even the stuff I don't particularly like, which is, you know, <laughs> heavy on the vegetables. I'm a meat and potatoes kind of gal. But I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it, Ryan. Okay. I will yeah. try it. So I'll anyway, thank you so much, you guys. Um you're an inspiring couple of fellas. Uh, I, I look forward to you being, you know, old and crotchy in downtown 30 <laughs> years from now and uh, and inspiring the young people uh, that come up behind you. So uh, be on the lookout for Hakucho. It'll be opening in a couple of months in downtown Lakeland. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening. 